0: Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ian Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamer, Stephen. Hey, buddy. How you going? I, I rolled the S. I nearly <laughs> said Seamus there. Ooh. I've got to admit, but uh, it's, it's you saved awesome we it. had Seamus on. He's, he's been on the past, and, and now I'm having to deal with a different S. My brain can't handle things the best of days, so it's I'm sorry. Too many of us. Stephen. Yes, hey. <laughs> I, meant, I meant to ask you last week. Uh, when you were you were on episode 97 mm-hmm. um do you do you own a switch a nintendo switch did you buy one I, of those?
1: I most certainly did buy one of those
0: hey awesome that's good uh what do you are you are you pick, did you pick up a mario kart today then i
1: did i've played not a whole lot but yeah sort of was on it straight away midnight eastern standard last night getting the download going ready for today can't wait to right, jump in
0: okay Okay, very cool, cool. Andy, you've been playing Zelda a lot, I assume, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, played Zelda to completion like 65 hours-ish, maybe 75. I can't remember what it ended up being, but yeah, played the heck
0: out of that. Yeah, so I assume you loved it then. Yeah, kind of loved it a bit. (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, another thing I wanted to ask you as well Just to see where you're at, you know, keep tabs on you Yeah, yeah um, you, you mentioned before that you would be playing a bit of Resident Or you, you did really enjoy Resident Evil 7 Yes uh, I, know, I know James and Camilla, Prestark Crew uh, Both really loved Resident Evil 7 And they're now playing Outlast 2 and seem to really be enjoying that Is that something you've played at all?
1: Not yet, it's totally on my list But like, similar to last episode, I'm still sort of just knee deep in persona five right now i think i'm about 40 hours ish in and from what i understand probably have about 60 left so it's going to be a busy weekend
0: all right, cool. Well, let's return to the Nintendo Switch topic. Um, I, I was, I was, I'm keen to get people's thoughts on our last two because I know James particularly loved it, but we'll maybe need to ask him when he's next on. Uh, but back to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, some news came out in the week that it's doing a lot better than Nintendo expected. Did you see this news? Sim? Yeah,
1: sort of. I saw it come through my Twitter feed during the day, but yeah, it's kind of blowing me away how just how successful this damn machine is.
0: Yeah, okay, so it, it has surprised you then just to reiterate the figures before I, before you answer that actually. Um, they expected it to sell roughly two million units, but so far globally they've shipped shipped, sorry, uh, two point seven four million. So, you know, almost kind of seventy seven hundred and fifty thousand over their their uh their, uh, predicted nu- uh, numbers. Um, so getting close to almost a million really over their predicted numbers, which is pretty great. Bones pretty well. Um, but this, uh, caught you by surprise, you reckon, Stephen?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Sort of in the lead up to it. And even afterwards, I was, I always had this thought that it costs a lot of money. I don't think it's sort of too expensive for what it is, but you can't avoid the fact that it does cost a lot of money. And for a lot mm-hmm. of people, it's really just for Zelda right now. Like, not mm. to say there aren't a lot of other worthwhile games, especially on the eShop at the moment, but that's, like, the big system seller right now. But, yeah, I'm kind of amazed that it sold as well as it has. I guess the the whole switching up concept really caught on with people.
0: Yeah, I saw a banner, like, for the first time today, just an advertisement banner on the side of a bus, uh, and it had kind of two people sat inside the bus, sort of gathered around the unit playing together. And I thought, like, that's really cool, like, this... this console really does have um, a use and appeal I think to a more sort of casual sort of gaming market especially a portable sort of gaming market too like the fact that you can so seamlessly t- take Zelda off your TV screen and and into the palm of your hands. is really really neat. Um, and I'm not. I don't think I'm as surprised now that I've spent a bit more time hands on with the console that this is doing so well. Um, but yeah, I like couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, I think Zelda has been a big part in that for sure. Um, I'm interested to see. Uh, what the the impact of mario uh mario odyssey i think it's called yeah am i getting that right yeah later in Um, the year yeah yeah i'm interested to see what that has on that especially mario Kart coming out as well like by the time there are some more meatier games on this or or i should say more meaty games yes um, because we obviously (laughs) already have zelda um uh i'm interested to see like what sort of effect that that has on consumers and i'm sure like come christmas time um it'll do very well indeed. Uh, where do you th- where do you see this console sort of selling in relation to some of other Nintendos? Like uh, the Wii U only kind of sold somewhere between, I think, 12 and 13 million. Um, the Nintendo Wii, obviously, one of the most successful consoles of all time. Um, but where do you see the Switch kind of coming down in numbers at the end of the day? I mean, honestly, like I would say almost certainly it's going
1: to eclipse Wii U numbers. Like it's already getting pretty close to sort of uh, mm. selling a good portion of what the Wii U How did soon in its entire lifetime. do you think it can do that? Oh, gosh, maybe probably in about a maybe two years, just as a completely rough guess. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it would have the strength, especially if the releases keep coming out as consistently well, as consistent as they have been recently. There seems to be a major platform or a major game pretty well every month, depending on which games you're looking forward to. And, like, there's a lot of momentum behind it that doesn't seem to be stopping. So, if they can keep that up, then, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, a year or two we've already gone way past the Wii U sales.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think, come through come when we have a clearer picture of what the sort of plan is, the two-year sort of plan for this console is. Um, I think it could, yeah, well, like, uh, eclipse the Wii U. It may be in the space of a year, maybe just over... Um, But, uh, you know, with a big, big sales around sort of Christmas, maybe edging it towards 10 million uh, and then the sort of Tail end of that over Christmas into the new year, um, come March time, which would be the one year anniversary sort of mark, uh, it could be doing very well indeed. Um, it's promising to see. I'm I'm, I'm glad to see sort of Nintendo on a shorer footing again after the after the Wii U. Um, yeah, totally.
1: I think like with Mario Kart as well. Like aside from just everyone really likes playing Mario Kart because it's a fantastic game, I think sort of going into the more casual, you know, you can just literally play it at a table in a restaurant if you're waiting for food or whatever. Like I literally. Mm have done that with clips was kind of felt like I was in a Nintendo yeah. and it was fun. Um, but like, yeah, having, you know, full on Mario Kart 8 there, you just, you know, see people having fun out in public, you know, each sharing a Joy-Con, sharing the screen. So of having that in-person real-life exposure to the stuff, like might be make people go, oh, man, that's a really cool machine. What's going on there?
0: Hmm. And you're you're right in that, like, it is so convenient as well. Like, you can whip it out quickly, boot it up. You can have a quick Mario Kart race if you like, or you can do another shrine in Zelda or something. Like, there is sort of bite-sized chunks in the game so far, clips as as well, um, that you can have a jump in like have a quick experience then jump back out again all very seamlessly um, that's helped by the console too just being really snappy as well like you just kind of navigate yeah. through it really quickly it's great like I'm just amazed
1: um, if you like you just jump back into a game if you've you know left it yesterday jump back into Zelda within about a second or two boom I'm right there it's amazing
0: yeah it is it's really neat and the ability to switch users as well is really cool like we've we've just got the one in my household and, and a couple of people are using it uh-huh. um so we've kind of got like some multiple users stacked on on zelda um and like being able to like quickly quickly save jump out switch user they can like do uh you know a shrine or two while you're busy cooking dinner or whatever and then you can switch back over again like it's uh, I should have done the switch back over again. (laughs) Yeah. We Um, need to add that in post. Yeah. Uh, like everything's just so seamless. Like I'm really, the more and more I use the switch, I think the more and more I'm impressed with it. Um, so, yeah, these numbers aren't all too surprising to me now, like, I'm, and I'm glad to see it. Um, one of the numbers, though, that does surprise me, I don't know if you saw this too, Stephen, is that they've uh, they've managed to sell 5.46 million units of software in the first quarter for the Nintendo Switch. Um, so clearly people are buying more than Breath of the Wild, more than Zelda. Um, what sort of games do you reckon like, are grabbing people's interest? Does this number surprise you? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, only going on personal and friends that I know. I know every single person I know bought a Switch for... Zelda, but also mm-hmm. pretty much everyone found something else either on the eShop or at retail that they just wanted to try because they had the Switch. Like myself, mm. I've been uh, all over Puyo Puyo Tetris recently, which just came out yesterday digitally. Um, yeah. And um, uh, like Wonderboy, there's just a whole bunch of games on there that are reasonably cheap on the eShop that are so easy to just, you know, as you say, jump into because they're cheap, it's easy to justify the expense to play on your new machine. Yeah, it doesn't mm. surprise me really.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point, actually. I didn't consider some of those eShop titles. I was uh, considering getting uh, Shovel Knight on there because that Shovel Knight's a game that I'm still yet to play. I know I really should. Oh, man, um, you should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought, like, maybe that'd be a good one for uh, the Switch because I always thought about getting it for my Vita because I just thought, like, those uh, those got a Castlevania-style... Sorry, uh, Metroidvania-style games. Um are quite well suited to, to the handhelds. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little so bit jealous handheld.
1: if you can play it on switch for the first time, cause I don't really want to buy it again. Cause I've played it all the way through on Wii U and a bit on 3ds. So don't really want to go a third time but man if this could be yeah. your first way to play it i'm quite jealous
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe that's what i gotta do then um on the topic of nintendo though they have a did announce a rather un, unexpected sort of announcement today um they announced a new 2ds xl uh so the 2ds if you remember is this kind of like a solid piece it doesn't didn't have the hinge that the uh, traditional 3ds had um but it now has dual screens uh it flips like that it's got some groovy colors to be honest i don't really know much else about this yeah, i mean, you keep up on this at all stephen
1: i've sort of watched the introduction video and there's not really much more to it than what you described it's like a it's basically a 3ds xl but doesn't have a 3d screen but i don't know i, I kind of like the look of it it's the top screen is all sort of like one glossy piece it almost looks like a smartphone that's just been slapped onto the bo- top of a 3ds a little bit but um mm
0: yeah it does it does look like that you're right uh yeah like i'm just reading some details about it here um it yeah it's just got this new folding design as well as the c-stick uh that the new 3ds invented um Mm. and it's also got the same faster processing power of the new the new 3ds as well um Obviously, again, without the 3D capabilities, making it the 2DS and not the 3DS. Yes. It's nice and simple. I respect Nintendo for that. Um, We've since had confirmation that it's going to retail for just $200 here in Australia. Um, So, interesting. I wonder if this is them just sort of bleeding everything they can from the the DS range. Uh, Like, I wonder if this is them just sort of like one final push for it before they eventually go full Switch? I don't know. Like, yeah, do like, you... I,
1: I don't think this is a perfect analogy, sort of. I mentioned it on Twitter and had a few people sort of, say, make some good points about how it's not quite right. But it sort of strikes me as similar to the... Uh, like the PS1 that came out after the PS2 came out, like the, the tiny slim mm. model or the mm. um, like Game Boy Micro that came out after the DS had come out. Like It's a relatively cheap way to get into a platform that has a huge base of games already that are all probably going to be way cheaper than Switch games. Like If you don't have a 3DS or a 2DS by this point, then it's probably a really good way to jump in. And mm. I kind of... I don't know. I keep looking at it and thinking, I sure wish this was the 3DS that I could have bought back when I got the new 3DS XL. These names are ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. The most, in the last year or two, most of the games I've played on 3DS either the 3D didn't really do much, or in a lot of cases, mm. the 3D just wasn't even there like it wasn't an option in a lot of the games so yeah. i don't think i'd really be missing much and this one looks kind of nicer than the new 3ds xl uh, to yeah, me personally I agree. As well. like
0: uh, i got one of the um i've got one of the original 3ds xls before they uh they did the, the new, it gets really confusing. I I, I think this is where I'm just kind of like done with the DS range. Like it's just gone way too confusing as someone that like was there from like the OG sort of silver trapezium shaped, uh, DS (laughs) and then like onto the lights and the DSI and whatever, like it just, it just started to get a bit out of control. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm not sure. I really, I I think it's cool. Like if you didn't have a three DS already, like you said, like this is a good way to sort of jump in. It's relatively affordable. Um, there's a ton of games that you can play there. Um, but yeah, like uh, I don't know if if for just like a if you sort of double I, that two hundred dollars that you spend on this, I reckon would be much better going forward to uh, saving up for a Switch. Um, yeah. Rather than getting one of these. Um, that being said, you know I'm sure like some DS owners or 2DS owners um, will like the look of it and will pick it up. It's just uh, something a bit shinier to have in their their travel bag for the day, I guess. Yeah, totally. Playing ga- playing those games on the bus, but uh, unusual decision. But they've still got games coming as well. Like, when do you think they're gonna they're gonna uh, stop the flow games for 3DS So do you not see that happening do you I see know, they, them they seem to have, 3DS it?
1: yeah they seem to have like a reasonable like not as much as the switch we we're talking about but they still have a couple of games in the pipeline at least through to the end of 2017 it seems I hmm. can't see them supporting it much beyond that I'd be really surprised if like the next Pokemon was on 3DS but you know then again they have done that in the past generations as well like with DS Pokemon's coming out when the 3DS was already out. It was they're kind of weird with it. Um, yeah, mm. I, I don't expect it past 2017, but I also wouldn't be terribly surprised if we saw more after that, just because there's lots of 3DSs out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I just like wonder if the uh, the first party, I suppose, um, developers are gonna are gonna be sort of better utilized making making switch content like that's their sort of flagship console and i just feel like the experiences that they can have they're going to be better um instead sort of remembering as well like being a hybrid console that the the fact that that is in fact portable it's kind of sort of going to eat into the market share i suppose of the the 3ds slightly yeah um, i totally I'd have thought agree. there'd be a, like a lot of 3ds owners that are thinking oh well hey there's this new 2ds coming out or whatever like there's going to be some some games coming out but maybe I would prefer to get a Switch instead and and hope that they release Mario Kart games in the future and Pokemon games and stuff in the future for the Switch and they fully support that platform.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, especially if they can eventually, in like a hardware revision later on, get the Switch a little bit cheaper than it is, Mm because as as much as I love the console, I can see the price being an issue for some people and completely understand why. But like... I don't know, it's, it's a crazy theory, but imagine if they just brought out a handheld-only and maybe you could buy a dock separately if you want to hook it up to the TV. But, like, I don't know, chop 100 bucks off the price, you've got a handheld-only Switch. Does that maybe bring you a little bit closer to this, like, a 3DS price? Like, where's the point... Uh, where you're going to not really bother with a 3DS anymore.
0: Mm, mm. I've already started seeing some of those mock-ups kind of kicking around online of people designing like uh, Switch minis and stuff like that where Mm. the Joy-Cons won't detach or whatever. Um, I reckon I can, yeah, see a market for that, but less so since this announcement. I sort of wonder what they're thinking is behind all of this. But, um, yeah, I feel feel like my faith in Nintendo is returning a little bit, so I'm kind of curious to see how it all plays out. Um, something I'm also very curious about, Stephen, and I'm curious on your thoughts about it too, is uh, Call of Duty World War II. Um, that is the name of the game, apparently. That's uh, seems what's to happening be now. Yeah, look, we were. I think we were checked before the show, and we were really confused by what was going on. It's like, is that the actual title of the game, or is it that just like how it's being reported as the setting? I don't don't really know. Um, but yeah, no, I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, um,
1: logos look like it's just straight up Call of Duty WW Two doesn't yeah. look like much else
0: no yeah it's just it, like i'm so used to advanced warfare and infinite warfare something warfare like it's just yeah. throwing me all out of whack like i just don't know how to compute anymore um <laughs> but firstly what are your thoughts on going back to world war 2
1: I don't know like I I remember there was a period of time in games where World War II was just every shooter was coming out was a World War II shooter and it was kind of like the mm. guitar hero game of its day and like <laughs> I'm a little bit still fatigued by World War II shooters just from that like it's been a very long time but I don't know it just seems weird to go back to it but at the same time I don't think they really had much choice like they've done World War II. they've done modern warfare they've done future warfare where else is there really to go?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Like it's, I reckon it's uh, a bit refreshing. Um, I loved what Battlefield did, uh, battlefield one did with, uh, with world war one. Um, and for Call of Duty to sort of go in that same sort of direction, I'm I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, I have heard I'm good things like... about
1: Battlefield 1, so yeah, that, that does help. And at, <laughs> at the same time, there are going to be a lot of people who weren't playing games or playing games as much as they are now back when Call of Duty was a World War II game, so... You know, I'm just yeah. a weird old man in this way a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I'm, and I'm a bit of a history nut as well. So that sort of plays into it too. Like I think um, there's just uh, some interesting sort of scope you have with the story that is sort of grounded in reality. Uh, and they've obviously brought in some uh, some pretty big talent as well, um, both in, in writing and in, in the acting side of things to uh, to help the story along. Um, so, so that... That intrigues me, um but looking at the trailer like there was I saw a lot of people again on Twitter that would were getting excited about the trailer and and saying that this was them back on the Call of duty bandwagon and whatever but I just don't I don't feel the same like it still looks like a call of duty game to me like sure the the rap is different the the look of it is all different but kind of structurally and thematically and stuff it just looks like the same game we've been playing for the last ten years now Yeah. Mm. Um, some yeah i'm still a little mixed on it i'm intrigued but not not kind of all in as of the moment but what did what did you make of the trailer yeah, did you i'm sort of
1: kind of feeling the same like one thing i've been thinking is that sort of back again in the world war ii era of call of duty it was really aside from the multiplayer it was really well known for having incredible set pieces in it's like single player campaign and mm. it still has little bits and pieces of that now but it doesn't seem to be where the focus at least of coverage of the game is anyway and if they you know maybe use this as an opportunity to tell to tell more stories and to have more incredible action sequences that are i guess a little bit less training for multiplayer and more you know, jumping you know into single player and having a you could play the game in single player and feel like you got a full game out of it that would be pretty cool
0: Mm. yeah i agree um yeah like there's still there's still aspects of uh of the game that kind of interest me um like i think the zombies mode sort of returning to like true sort of nazi zombies is going to be it's going to be cool and that's going to be a cooperative mode with a, a original story too um which is which is neat i quite like that it's not something that they've sort of delved into with the mode for uh for a while now i think um with Call of Duty, though, like, I think going back to World War Two was... Sorry, yeah, World War Two was one thing, um, but I would have much preferred, I think, that they sort of re-evaluated their multiplayer a little bit and maybe even considered stripping that back, too. Um, more recent Call of Duty games just seemed a little arcadey for me like i think it really sort of hit its peak um around kind of even modern warfare modern warfare two days um it's just kind of become like overly cluttered i think since then and yeah um, i'll admit
1: modern warfare 2 so the last time that i got in and really had a few good sessions of call of duty multiplayer i haven't really jumped into it since it just doesn't really grab me in the same way i think for much the same reasons as you
0: yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if I can pin it down to one sort of thing. Like, obviously, um, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, like, had, had their faults, um, like, the kill streaks sort of, and the perks and stuff not balancing out all, all, all the best. Um, but I think, like, as soon as they, they introduced... Um, the i forget what the system's called now like the pick 10 kind of uh, class customization that sort of thing where yeah. you're allocated points to spend on your class setup and stuff like i think that it just started to get all a bit sort of confusing like there was just a lot of like number crunching and kind of careful customization stuff going on i just felt a bit sort of bogged down and sort of lost and all amongst it yeah, you don't really um,
1: want to feel like you have to study to be able to work out the best character build just to have a chance in multiplayer
0: yeah yeah i suppose so and like that's where i think that like um counter-strike and stuff has has shined is that there is something there like in its simplicity like it's so kind of technically refined that everything else that sort of surrounds it can can be nice and simple while the game maintains the same sort of hooks um you know that's a bit of a a loose connection but um no
1: i totally see where you're coming from though like you don't have the persistent character as much sort of you do build up a character in a way like during the match by buying new stuff as you earn money as you win matches like in in mm. a certain round but mm. yeah, you don't have you don't have to know what you're going to be doing going in you can kind of be adaptable and a bit more on the fly and yeah i guess it would be really cool if sort of in the same simplicity theme if they did go back to you know the more simple call of duty i think it was more for me, at least, it was more fun when you sort of jumped in. Everyone's on an even playing field, and it was up to who was a better shot with the rifle as to who won, as opposed to you know all these other extraneous bits and pieces on the edge.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, like uh, I'm, uh, this is one that I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm I'm keen mm. to see some sort of gameplay. No doubt we'll see some more around E3 and whatnot. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure this got a lot of people a lot of people excited. I am I am interested to see like how the World War Two. Uh, theme though and the setting is kind of going to go down with um i suppose like the younger sort of audience that because you know, I, f- I feel like the majority of cod players that you know we, we talk about like the 12s and stuff that play call of duty <laughs> yeah. i'm not specifically saying that or like the programmers or anything like that but i think like um the generation playing primarily playing the call of duty games has sort of shifted over the last sort of 10 years since the last world war Two ii game. Um, and I think there's like a bunch of players that kind of stepped in a similar sort of point in time that I would have started playing Call of Duty games actually, and and that other uh, that that those after me as well would have. Um, they're sort of used to World War sorry, they're used to modern warfare shooters. Like they're not, they haven't really played in many of these sort of historical based shooters. Um, they're not as uh, they're not a veteran such as yourself, right, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, um, you can say that. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, like, I wonder how that's gonna go down. Like, do you think the World War Two setting is gonna like be met? by a uh, by a successful critical reception like do you think the call of duty name is gonna be enough sort of carry it or do you think that people have like some sort of attachment to the modern arena or the futuristic arena yeah it's a good
1: point like as much as i say that i sort of got tired of the modern era i think it clearly it keeps selling year after year so people are mm. still really all in on it and yeah going back to world war Two kind of necessitates a change in sort of the way that you play or the way that guns work out, like, you won't have as many, like, you know, large clip assault rifles and stuff, and if you do, they mm. won't be as accurate. It's, I don't know, it depends if they go and make it a little bit realistic. Like, I don't expect it to be, like, you know, crazy realistic, but, you know, if they have weapons that are, you know, one shot before you have to do, like, reload or something like that, or that's probably the wrong word mm. yeah, for it, like but bolt yeah. action sort of yeah, assault rifles. Yeah, that's what I'm like getting that. at, yeah. 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 Whether yeah. that will change people's sort of perception of oh, I can't you know, do this, this is too different i'm I'm out I'm going to battlefield or something
0: yeah, yeah, and I wonder like as well, in the sort of aesthetic of it too, like what um a bunch of people sort of running around on the beaches in Normandy or something like with golden rifles is going to look like, and, oh, true. and pink helmets and whatnot like i just I just wonder, i don't know it becomes tricky as well when you're sort of dealing with um maybe sensitive subject matter when you're sort start doing doing things like that. Yeah, um,
1: sort of making a competition out of historical and sort of fairly yeah. societally respected events can sometimes
0: be a little bit iffy. Yeah, and games have run into that trouble before, but mm. you no, know, I think there's maybe enough examples now that they know how to sort of, sort of navigate that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I think I feel like I'd be more into had they kept with this sort of modern arena, but maybe taking a more sort of like alternate history sort of angle, um, like Battlefield 1 sort of did in, in a way, but even sort of playing around with sort of like modern sort of day events, like, uh, like in the way Homefront has done in the past sort of, um, with this, uh, invasion of America and sort of playing around with that. And I know Call of Duty has sort of dabbled in that bit as well, but, um, something sort of a bit more sort of grounded in like present day sort of tensions might've been interesting. Um, but, yeah, nonetheless, like, this is this is a change of pace. I always, like, criticise Call of Duty for not shaking things up. Uh, yeah, and they're this, totally doing that. Is, yeah, exactly. They are they are shaking things up. So I excited.
1: will say, like, yeah, to close off my thoughts, like, I mm. am not sort of super enthused, but curious as to see how, you know, all of the major events that they did in campaigns in the old World War II Call of Duties, they could be sort of completely different in visuals and how they play. Now we're, gosh, what, 10 ten years, if not more, sort of away from back when they have done this setting on previous platforms, consoles, PCs and whatever. Like how yeah. different it could be with the new platforms that we have now, I just curious to see how that all works out.
0: mm Gonna be another big year for shooters though, isn't it? With uh with um We've got Prey coming out pretty soon. Oh, We've yeah. got this. We've got Battlefront 2. Um, yeah, it's going to be another big year for shooters, as it often is, I suppose. Yeah, it always is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 97... Oh, sorry, 98 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast service of your choice. Just search the Startcast. You can follow Press Start on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Press AU. Visit the site at Prestart.com.au and join the conversation using the hashtag, hashtag dark cast. I've been your host, Ewan. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Joining us today was Stephen. Hey, you can find me on all the social bits
1: and pieces at Stephen Impson. Um, I'm not really working on a lot now. I'm kind of free of Puyo Puyo and all reviews, but yeah, I'm sure I'll jump into something soon.
0: <laughs> Able to, to play and enjoy those games. Yeah. I'd... I love uh, social media bits and pieces. I'm going to have <laughs> to remember that expression. That's what I want to adopt into my moniker. I I'll have it. to copyright it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, happy gaming. See you guys.